like to welcome you all. My name is Ananta, this is Maria, and um, for those of you who are here for the first time, we're honored to have you as our guests. And we're going to begin with the uh, rays of the one light, which is parallel passages from the Bible and the Gita based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. Our topic this, this week is victory demands the courage of conviction. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. Jesus Christ said in the Gospel of St. Matthew, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I come not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth, that is to say, that clingeth to his life shall lose it. And he that loseth, in other words, that giveth up, his life, for my sake, shall find it. God tests the firmness of our faith. The sword described here is the sword of discrimination. 
The struggle Jesus describes is not a war against unknown enemies, but the struggle with our own attachment to all that is nearest and dearest to us, humanly speaking. Ultimately, it is a war against the ego itself and against anything with which we surround ourselves to bolster the ego's fragile sense of security. When Yogananda, as a boy, fled to the Himalayas to embrace a life of solitary meditation, he was apprehended by his older brother, Ananta, and brought home again. At a certain point, before he would accept defeat, he whispered to his friend Amar, his companion on the flight, let us slip away when opportunity offers. We can go on foot to Rishikesh. But Amar, whose brother had accompanied Ananta, had turned pessimist disclaiming any intention of continuing their adventure. Yogananda's memorable comment on Amar's refusal was, he was enjoying the familial warmth. The spiritual warrior rejects that familial warmth. Rather, he claims the whole universe as his home. As the Bhagavad Gita puts it in the 14th chapter, unaffected by outward joys and sorrows, or by praise and blame, secure in his divine nature, regarding with equal gaze a clod of mud, a stone, and a bar of gold, impartial toward all experiences, whether pleasant or unpleasant, firm-minded, untouched by either praise or blame, treating everyone alike, whether friend or foe, free from the delusion that in anything he does, he is the doer, such an one has transcended nature's triune qualities. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. to read from Yogananda's Whispers from Eternity. I'm very glad I get to read this particular one today. This is, <clears throat> Make me a lion of thy all-conquering wisdom. I, a lion cub of the Divine Mother, found myself thrown into life among the sheep of human frailties, of fear, failure, and disease. Living long among them, I learned to bleat with weakness, forgetting my lion nature and its roars, which could frighten away all petty, pestering sorrows. O lion of realization, thou didst drag me away from those bleeding sheep to the mere smooth waters of meditation. There didst thou cry, gaze, but I held my eyes tightly shut, bleeding with fear. Thy roar of wisdom then reverberated through my body. Thou madest me, by hand-shaking and spiritual urging, open my eyes, and there, lo, in the crystal pool of my inner peace, I saw my features to be even as thine own. Now I know myself, as the lion of cosmic power. I will bleat no more with fear, weakness, and suffering, for I roar now with vibrant almighty power. 
I bound about through the forest of all experiences, seizing little creatures of vexing worries, timid fears, and wild hyenas of disbelief, devouring them ruthlessly. O lion of immortality, roar through me thy all-conquering power of wisdom. So I'll try to follow that. <laughs> At Ananda, we put out so much energy to try to uh, welcome people and make them uh, genuinely feel at home uh, here at a Sunday service, here in this community, whatever their path, whatever their spiritual affiliation. And if you're here for the first time uh, to a Sunday service, if you're viewing this online for the first time, if you're hearing this biblical passage for the first time, you might be thinking, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want challenges in my life. I don't want difficulty. I don't want disharmony. I want to get along. I want things to be fine. And this is exactly what we would expect in response from our egos. This is where our egos are at. They're looking for that comfort zone. They're looking for that reality that's going to reinforce the ego. And they don't want to, the ego doesn't want to have the boat rocked. The ego doesn't want to have disharmony. It wants to be well received. It wants everything to go just right and just so very smoothly. And yet the soul the soul feels through a passage like this, when you go deep with it, when you try to tune into it, what is imparted in a passage like this is incredible power, incredible strength. And for the devotee, the devotee thrives on that, feeds on that, because it's that kind of firmness, that kind of clarity that's going to see us through the path and continue to inspire us no matter what comes. Yogananda was was apprehended many times by his brother, by his family, deterred by his father, even ridiculed by relations and family members. And again and again, he kept putting out that energy and that strength to follow his spiritual dreams. He was, as you might recall from autobiography of a yogi, uh, staying in an ashram for a while in Varanasi. This was right before he met his guru, Sri Yukteswar. And in that ashram, naturally, he expected to find spiritual support and the inspiration of fellow devotees. And there was a little attic room there. It reminded him of the attic room that was at his home where he grew up and on uh, Forb Garpar Road. And of that attic room in Calcutta, he said, it was sacred to him because that's where he found God. So there was this attic room in this ashram and in the early morning hours he would race up there and meditate for long hours. And the others in the ashram, those who he wished and hoped to be inspired by and join with in deep spiritual pursuit, they would call after him, don't try to find God too soon. And you know, here we are in this world, even amongst uh, devotees, amongst all kinds, and all manner of things are set up 
to challenge the devotee, to challenge the disciple, family, children. I'm glad you have the little one here. Um, life is full of challenges, and they come in all shapes, in all forms. I remember when I had just made the decision to live here at Ananda, and I, it's not like I really understood it all by any means. I really couldn't see as far as the horizon, what was ahead of me, but I felt in my heart that I wanted to be here and I made that decision. And that very day in the mail, I got a letter and it was a letter offering me full-time employment at a place uh, where I had volunteered a couple years. It was a free women's health clinic in Portland and they were offering me the position of co-managing this clinic, a position that didn't exist when I was working there as a volunteer. And I looked at that letter, it was typewritten and formal, it was through a friend of mine who was seeking that job opportunity for me. And I looked at it and I smiled. I recognized Divine Mother there and I knew it was a test. I'd made up my mind, but she was making sure. And she wanted to make sure that there was nothing there to distract me, to pull on me. And so I laughed, she laughed, I tore up the paper, threw it in the trash, and never looked back. But as I said, in one way or another, we're all going to get these challenges, these hurdles to surmount on the path. I remember in Sacramento, a yoga student who took classes for years and years and years, finally went on to take a beginning meditation class. And we were talking one day about the spiritual path, about going deeper uh, in our lives spiritually. And she said to me, as soon as my grandchildren are grown, then I will put my energy behind meditation. <laughs> and we laugh, but we all have something there that's out in front of us that competes for our attention, that we might feel we need to take care of and do. But in fact, what this reading is so clearly saying is we don't have time to put it off. We can't set it out there into the future when everything in our life gets neatly packaged and in order and taken care of. Yogananda said the time is now. The time for knowing God is now. And he said that as a strong affirmation, as a strong command to be sure, but he said that addressing our soul, seeing that within each one of us, there is the ability now. There is the opportunity now. We have these techniques of liberation. And so it is now, and we have to make it now, whether it's with family, whether it's with children, whether it's with job, whether it's with relationship, environment, whatever it is, through all of those things right now, because we can't wait. There isn't time to wait. There's that wonderful story of Teresa of Avila, and she is a very, uh, her life, she said for the first 30 years, she was at odds with herself. She had her foot in two camps, in the world, in, in the spirit, and she couldn't make a decision and constantly just tugged from both sides. And she was a beautiful woman, evidently. And many men were very interested in her and sought her company. 
And she finally chose the spiritual path, heart and soul, and she was able to recreate uh, the order and bring it back to a place of simple living, of simplicity, of high principle. And she found in many convents. And it was near the end of her life, she was founding yet one other convent, and she took with her a couple of the young novices. And they were going to this place to found this new convent, and it was stormy, but they went anyway. And it was a raging storm, it was a violent storm, and the stream was swollen, and they headed across in this carriage. And the carriage was just completely swept asunder, all of their belongings, everything, just splintered apart and down, down the river. And she ends up on the bank. And she's, why? Why, Lord? Why? And she's praying to Jesus, and she doesn't understand, you know, why is this happening? This is a good cause. This is a noble cause, a noble endeavor. And Jesus speaks to her, and he says, Teresa, this is how I treat all my friends. <laughs> and she said, Lord, that's why you have so few. <laughs> But it is like that on this spiritual path. We can't deny that. We can't say it's not. When we pit the ego against God and spirit, there's a battle there. There's a battlefield. And it may be the crying baby. It may be the husband, the wife. It may be the relations. It may be the job, whatever it is. But it's there competing for our attention. And it's not that we have to negate those things but we have to bring Divine Mother into them and with them and through them and, and see Divine Mother in them. And to be strong in that. You look at the life of Swamiji and he was there when Master talked about World Brotherhood colonies. And he says of that instance, he was the only one there evidently. I mean, we see it now because no one else has really come forth with that, a, a, a couple. Um, uh, other communities have, have been tried and uh, endeavors have had energy put behind them. But you look at it now and he was the only one who took that up. And he said when he heard that speech, when he heard Master talk about World Brotherhood colonies was such just on fire about the, the need for them, for people to come together spiritually and support spiritual realization at this time in this life and he said he vowed that he would take up that work and see it through now if we think about that master left shortly after that he was gone he was out of the body not really gone but he wasn't there as a physical you know, I have a question, can you answer this? Where should I start this community? Should I, you know, no one told him, write a book, write cooperative communities, how to start them and why, which is Cities of Light, I th most recently, I think. And, um, but no one told him when to write that, how to write that, where to find the land, all of this. For all of those years, against incredible odds, and people saying you can't do it, you're out of tune if you do it, it's not right, etc., etc. He just stayed in there with it. He stayed in there with it. The courage that that took. Davy in her book, Faith is My Armor, a beautiful book of the life of Swami Kriyananda. And in the first number of pages, she relates an instance in which she was speaking with him. And she said to him, I don't think I could have the strength. I'm not sure I would have the strength to do this. 
kind of thing, to meet up against these obstacles if it were mine to do. And Swamiji answered her and he said, I didn't think I had the strength either, but faith is my armor. So beautiful. And we have to be strong in our faith. Those challenges aren't because we've done something wrong. They're not because we've, we're bad, because we deserve them. Well, we do deserve them. We deserve them as the liberating act by which we transcend and move through our karma. That's what they are. And so they come to us to make us strong, to make us be courageous, to make us be conquerors and victors in this life. And so to have that strength, and if we fall, if we, if we come up short, if our practices get lax, I was thinking of that, those words of Yogananda's, thou art the food, and when I break my fast of nightly separation from thee, I will taste thee and mentally say, God, God, God. And just keep coming back to that chant. He gives us those words to resound with inwardly when we are lax, when we do slip up. And to just keep rebounding, give that energy to that rebound and not all those thoughts of, I can't do it, I've failed, but just again and again. And if we see a lull in our spiritual life, if we see a lull or, a, or just a status quo in our energy, to double our efforts, do more, be even more dynamic. Yogananda said, when we're not going forward, we are going backward. A little scary. But, you know, when we're on that middle ground and it's just sort of status quo and it's all okay, it's not okay. It's not okay. It's just too easy to keep going in that other direction. And so just to redouble our efforts, it doesn't matter how many times we have to redouble our efforts or renew our vow or you just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. And we never accept that we've failed, we never accept also that we've arrived. It's so, you know, you've done something, you've accomplished something, and in a way it's fair to say, I've done it, you know, here I am. But on the spiritual path, again, we can't really afford to say that. We can't really afford to say, I've arrived. It just keeps on going. It keeps on getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And once we say we've arrived, we stop growing. Once we say we've arrived, we've changed places with the ego and we've given the ego the driver's seat again. And so as I was energizing this morning, I thought, recharge this body with thy cosmic energy, this mind with thy concentration and determination. Recharge this soul with thy ever new joy. Master gave us that, those words those exercises daily to hold that thought of divine replenishment. We just keep having to draw it back in, draw it back in, and keep affirming it. And Yogananda put it this way. He said, I and danger were born on the same day, and I am more dangerous than danger, <laughs> was what he said. And just to affirm that power, the power of the soul, it's unleashed, it's untapped, and it's there waiting for us to recall it at all times, all the time. People lack courage 
because they fear the unknown. But what is the unknown? What is it? We don't have to fear the unknown. We know the end of this story. As devotees, Master tells us, we're all going to the light. We're all made of light. This thing we call time, it's nothing. We're all going to the light. We're all going to be in that bliss that the Masters are now experiencing. So there's no unknown there. And to, he says, people who meditate, people who meditate deeply, we rise above that fear. That fear has no place at that point because we've experienced that expanded reality. We've experienced that light behind closed eyes. Yogananda, when he came to this country, he had nothing. He left everything behind. And his very own, some of them, they betrayed him. They cheated him. You know, all manner of tests that we might think a master, a great saint, might not and wouldn't have to experience because surely they have incredible karma. But it's the nature of this world. It's the nature of this world of duality. By the end of his life, he had three beautiful retreat properties, the ones that appeared to him in vision when he was meditating with, uh, with Sri Yukteswar. At the end, uh, after he had, uh, Encinitas had come to him, that retreat, he said he held the thought, I wish my guru Sri Yukteswar could see this. And Yukteswar spoke to him right in that moment and said, you think you're enjoying this all to yourself? <laughs> I am viewing it from all cosmic space. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful uh, words, beautiful words. And so Yogananda said, when we come up against tests, whatever they are, to... to Live bravely in this life. Live courageously. Whatever comes of itself, let it come. And to meet our karma cheerfully and joyfully. It doesn't mean to laugh at it, I, although he did say, when, it, when you see it face to face, laugh at, you know, laugh at duality because we are stronger. We're stronger than danger itself. But, you know, we feel. I mean, feel. And if there's pain, cry. But... But never compromise that sense of inner joy and knowing that God is there. God is not left because things are difficult. God is not, not there because things are challenging and hard and you're having or I'm having a really difficult time you know, dealing with it. God is there. And so to always feel that joy, always be cheerful and to rise bravely, he says, rise bravely above everything by holding on to that joy in the heart. I remember one time I was coming out of seclusion. It was in the early years when Ananta and I lived here. And the first person I saw was our gardening teacher, Honel Cassidy. And I guess I was looking rather serious. And <laughs> Honel just, he looked at me and he said, now it's not that bad. <laughs> and I laughed and he laughed and I realized that I wasn't holding 
the joy that is appropriate to the devotee and seclusion means you know, we want to take the spiritual life seriously and take our seclusion seriously and take whatever we do seriously, but to not lose that joy, to always hold on to that joy and let that joy feed the inspiration that motivates us on a daily level. Swamiji said, I was recently listening to a tape of his, and he said, when you practice Kriya, and Kriya is the highest meditation technique that Yogananda has given us. And he said, when you practice Kriya, feel that every Kriya is your last. That is so powerful a statement. Every Kriya is your last one. And if we enter into life with that consciousness, if we hold that attitude, in our work, in our relationships, savoring that divine connection, that divine touch, then what we find is that we're in God in our hearts. And that's where we are always victorious. Thank You can sing on the God, God, God part if you like. From the, from the depths of slumber as I ascend The spiral stairway of wakefulness I will whisper, whisper God.
night in time of deepest sleep when my peace dreams and calls joy joy when joy comes chanting evermore god 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 in waking eating dreaming sleeping serving serving meditating chanting divinely loving my soul will constantly hold unheard by any god 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 god